Good evening. I'm Marcus Leader, and I would like to invite you on a journey of discovery as I pull back the veil and give you a glimpse of the multiverse through the eyes of a Toltec shaman. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and turn down the lights. You're now listening to The Shaman's Brew. Okay, boys and girls, we have a new game plan for this show. Over the last few months, I have been experimenting with various topics while I introduced all of you to who I am and what I do. My main concerns for this show have been focused on what you want, uh, because this show is not for me, it's for you. After reading all of your comments and emails, I find that the decision is split as to the desired content of the show split between lessons of enlightenment and awareness through shamanic and scientific methods of consciousness manipulation, with the desires of those interested in paranormal research and my personal transdimensional communication experiments, better known as speaking to the dead. Consequently, I will now be dividing the show into two parts, one being news from the lab, where I will be talking about communication through the dimensional barriers, presenting it in a format that will allow you to hear my weekly experimental results, and the other part being a series of weekly lessons on the principles of consciousness manipulation and astral projection through shamanic and scientific technologies. In addition to this, be sure to stay tuned, because in about two weeks, I've got a surprise for you. I am going to be bringing on a co-host onto my show who I think you're going to absolutely love. I'm going to keep it a secret for now, but in about two weeks, toward the end of August, you will meet my intelligent and charming new co-host. In this show, I am going to give you a quick refresher in Astral Projection 101, and in News from the Lab, I'm going to introduce you to my research in transdimensional communication conducted over the last two decades. And now, News from, from the, the Lab. lab. The dissemination of information of such a radical concept as communication through dimensional barriers that are only postulated by modern science must be presented in a manner that will be accepted by the layman and scientists alike in order to maintain a respectable level of credibility. I mean, let's face it, I'm talking about sending energy through a scientific apparatus with the intention of opening up a two-way exchange of information between our physical world reality and another energy system 
or dimensional reality that is not part of our physical world. This also means that I am speculating that there are intelligent entities outside our physical world willing to communicate. The diverse nature of these entities is difficult to quantify because much of their existence is based mainly on direct personal experience and spiritual belief. Not exactly the stuff uh, needed for scientific validation. I personally believe that the spectrum and diversity of these entities is far more significant than our human minds can comprehend. That being said, I would suspect that part of the inhabitants of these other dimensions could include spiritual beings or ghosts of those who have lived as humans and died. Perhaps we might find entities that are not of the human cycle yet still interacting with humans on spiritual levels. An example of this type of entity would be what many refer to as angels or demons, as well as spirit teachers and guides. Before moving on, we must also consider the very real possibility of communication with entities that are from our own physical universe separated from us by space or time. Time within our physical awareness presents the illusion of linearity and an impenetrable barrier. But this is just an illusion, and this barrier might therefore be breached with this type of technology. Yes, I am speaking of communication through time as well as other dimensions within our multiverse. One last possibility to entertain concerns the fact that most people as well as most governments believe in the existence of extraterrestrial life. Every year more information through government disclosure is released to the public stating that alien contact and engagement is a reality and has been going on for many years. If this is the case, why have we not noticed some type of communication between these creatures? One possible answer could be that they are using methods of communication that utilizes interdimensional transmissions. Consequently, we cannot rule out these beings as a possible contact scenario. While all these scenarios are very real possibilities, they carry a low probability of success. I present them here only to help you wrap your minds around the far-reaching implications of this project. The reason I have chosen to make this information public is to ensure that if something happens to me, my research will not be lost and someone can carry on where I left off. It also offers me somewhat of an insurance policy against those who do not share my beliefs about public dissemination. The basic information is already stored in many places electronically and physically around the world, and in my absence, would be released. The prime objective of this show is not just the dissemination of technical information to the public, it also carries the opportunity for me to share my theories and experiments on a weekly basis with my colleagues and fellow investigators with the hopes that others will follow my lead and join me in this monumental quest. To those who cannot actively participate yet still possess a burning passion to know what is beyond the veil, I invite you to take this journey with me 
from the warmth of your and safety of your armchairs as we venture into the unknown. For those who join me on this weekly adventure, I would recommend that you fasten your seatbelts because I'm not sure where this ride is going to take us. One thing for certain, you will not be bored. Most of these experiments will be conducted from my basement laboratory and will occasionally feature video feeds as well as audio. When I have the opportunity, I will also be taking the equipment into the field so that it can be tested under other environmental conditions and in locations where the specific resonance density, or SRD, of uh, the buffering zone between dimensions, which is also known as the veil, is at a minimum. These are areas that are reported to be haunted or paranormally active. It is my intention to bring this device to future events and conferences that might show interest. This way, um, people will have the opportunity to see the device in action up close and personal, and I will have the pleasure of spending time with friends and colleagues discussing the mysteries that surround us in this magnificent multiverse. For those of you who may wonder if you can buy this equipment from me, the answer is no. I do not plan on selling anything or charging for its use but I will give away freely any technical data and schematics for those inclined do-it-yourselfers. I am not doing this for money. I am doing it to help further our knowledge of the multiverse and to help substantiate the paranormal field of research as a legitimate science. I remember the day when I had this harebrained idea to send signals across not just an ocean as Marconi did with radio waves, but across an entire dimensional reality. You would not believe the looks I got when I told this to people, and I can't blame them. It is, after all, the stuff of science fiction movies. This was before all the hype in movies like White Noise, and, and yes, before the controversial Spiricom experiments of the 80s. Throughout the last couple of decades, I have experimented with various methods of breaking through the dimensional barriers of our physical world with the intent of sending or receiving messages in some manner of energetic transfer. My experiments produced just enough success to keep my uh, hopes and dreams afloat, but always falling short of anything resembling a breakthrough. Then one night, I received my first shimmer of hope when I noticed an odd bluish glow around a beryllium crystal that I was subjecting to the bombardment of magnetic inversion fields. This was part of an experiment to find a good high-frequency electromagnetic resonator in crystal form that had both piezoelectric properties as well as paramagnetic. My theory being that in order to breach a dimensional barrier of any kind of energy, one would have to achieve an energetic frequency that is beyond anything found within the natural known world. Consequently, I turned my attention to the realm of hyperdimensional physics and string theory, reasoning that if these theoretical strings existed, that they might somehow be responsible for the properties of the barriers that separate our worlds from other dimensional worlds. If this were true, then a temporary portal between the worlds might become a very real possibility through the localized manipulation or modification of string vibrations. The trick 
was going to be how to manipulate these theoretical strings with the technology at hand. After countless experiments, many hours of pacing the floor, and days of working out equations on the whiteboard, I came to the conclusion that nothing of the science I learned in schools could su suggest a logical method of experimentation. I then turned to a rather unscientific alternative from my shamanic training involving what is known as vision questing. This Toltec vision questing process is very similar to the process used by our government in a top-secret protocol they refer to as Project Stargate where very gifted individuals altered their consciousness and performed remote viewing techniques. From within the deep mind-altering meditations of my Toltec tradition, I entered a mental state of indescribable clarity, where my perception of these strings were no longer theoretical. They were, to me, an observable reality. In what seemed to be a flash of knowing, I found my methods of experimentation. A hyperdimensional string might be affected as a result of a magnetic oscillation of nanoparticles of the paramagnetic crystal. I will not get into the paramagnetic theories at this time or how the nanoparticles might affect these strings, but I will go into it at a later time in this show. What is important at this time is that I lay the basic foundation of the evolution of my transdimensional communication research. After many experiments with several types of crystals, I found that the beryllium crystalline structure of an emerald seemed to create a strong and extremely high-frequency field of non-propagational energy. I suspect this is caused by its complex atomic linkage from a ligand of silicon and oxygen which is a psychosilicate, meaning that the atoms in the molecule form a ring. Whatever the cause, it gave me an experimental plan. The first device I built using this technology was a rather crude boundary microphone with an emerald suspension around a pulsating magnetic field created by nothing other than old television parts. While I did get some astonishing results in my attempts to collect EVP phenomenon, it was not frequent enough to continue with this design. The following is a sample of what this device captured on a remote location inside a house that was exhibiting paranormal activity. I should explain that part of these experiments use specific frequencies of sound projected into the area of the experiment with the intention of creating a harmonic interaction between physical molecules and energetic oscillations. And that is the background sound you will be hearing in the sample uh, to follow. I might add also that when this was captured, there was no one in that part of the house and everyone was present in my immediate area. So I know for a fact that the EVP was not human-generated. I call this one a humming EVP because it sounds like someone humming an upbeat tune. I will play this soundbite twice.
The next generation of my research produced the transdimensional receiver, which is a complex device incorporating not only magnetic fields, but a high voltage stream of ions, which bombarded a very special antenna crystal called a spirit amethyst, which is encrusted with thousands of tiny hair-like crystals. This device produced several very good quality EVPs, but still did not produce the consistency that I was after. It also was um, just a receiver, and my ultimate goal was to transmit a signal as well as receive. The following are two samples of what I captured with this device. The first sounds to me like a reply to my question of why you are in this house. I could not understand the reply because it seemed to be in some Native American dialect. The second one is unmistakable and is what I believe to be our deceased dog barking as if to get attention. I have no other pets at this time and the possibility of a bark coming from outside the location was completely ruled out due to the soundproof qualities of my lab where the experiment was conducted. Again, there was no one else in the house and there was no radio or television on. Again, I will play each soundbite twice. Why are you at this house? After many experiments with this device, I decided to develop a true transceiver capable of transmitting signals as well as receiving them. Through the design flaws and limitations of the previous model, I was able to see that I needed some radical modifications and I had to find a way to boost my audio transmissions into the postulated portals that this technology was creating. As a result, the third generation was born, incorporating a series of laser modulators in both the receiving and transmitting components, which uh, completely ruled out the possibility of outside contamination by sound or radio waves. All forms of communication are carried over a beam of light exclusively. I call this device the transdimensional transceiver, and in theory, it is capable of responding to any communication signal from beyond our physical dimension. I have received several unusual background sounds with this device and a few good EVPs. However, my goal is for direct communication. 
To date, I have received several such communications where an intelligent entity seemed cognizant of my presence and the device. I will play my very first communication in this show, and then others will follow in my uh, upcoming shows. I was sending out a beacon frequency of modulating complex sounds in an attempt to capture attention. The device was connected to an audio modulator that allowed me to hear in real time any attempts at communication. What follows is what came through in the early morning hours. It startled me so much I spun around in my chair nearly falling to the floor. The entity seemed to be trying to tell me that whatever I was doing was either working or had some other effect. Listen for yourself. Whatever you are doing, whatever you are doing, Exciting as that first contact was, it still made chills invade my body, knowing I was not alone in my dark basement lab, and that something of unknown origin was trying to reach out and touch me. I have to admit, it can get rather creepy conducting this research alone, but so far the only injuries I have sustained were the results of my own carelessness caused by touching live high-voltage wires at the wrong time. This device, while being successful at achieving my goals, still has room for improvement. Consequently, I am currently building the fourth generation that should not only outperform the current version, but use less power, has a wider spectrum of communication possibilities, and is 100% portable, meaning I can take it into haunted locations. I will be conducting experiments with this new portable device at many locations around the U.S. starting this year. I also plan to take it to various paranormal events and conferences so that my friends and colleagues can see it in operation and get a better understanding of how the technology works while having a chance to use it in an active environment. In addition, I am setting up experiments with a few of my colleagues and friends such as Rosemary Ellen Guiley as we attempt to open up communication channels with entities and shadow people at locations like Rolling Hills and Waverly Sanatorium. From this point on, each weekly show will be presented like a diary or log entry of the experiments and results of the previous week. There will be audio samples and occasionally a video sample as well. In the near future, you will also get to witness a live feed from the lab while major or crucial experiments are being conducted. I cannot guarantee what you might see or hear because we are dealing with an unknown element so viewers are advised to participate with this factor in mind. I would like to thank you all for allowing me to share this part of my life with you and to invite you to walk with me outside the box as I attempt to part the veil of our physical reality. I would now like to introduce you to a very special person who I am proud to call my friend. World flute specialist, recording artist, and producer, Peter Fippen. Peter Fippen began playing and collecting and researching world flutes in 1987. His connection to these instruments was formed when a friend gave Peter his first flute, an Indian Bensuri. 
Since then, Peter has had four CD releases by Canyon Records of Phoenix, Arizona. Peter's Canyon Records recordings have brought his flute playing to the attention of critics and flute enthusiasts worldwide. Released in October 2006, Shadows of the Dawn was featured for five months in the top 25 on Public Radio International syndicated programs Echoes. Peaking at number 8 Night Song was a 2003 Native American Music Awards nominee in the Native Heart category. Peter's Echoes of the Past was a finalist in the 2000 Crossroads Music Awards, and his debut recording with Canyon Records' Book of Dreams was charted number 17 in the New Age Voice. With permissions of Canyon Records, Peter Fippen has also played antique and contemporary bamboo flutes on three releases for Lifescapes as well as four solo recordings with Music for Gifts. Peter is a frequent performer and lecturer at universities, public, private, uh, elementary and secondary schools, museums, festivals, and conventions throughout the United States. Peter's unique presentation on world flutes has been given at such locations as Dallas Community College in Dallas, Texas, the University of Virginia at Newport News, Crane School of Music in Potsdam, New York, and twice at the Wisconsin Music Educators Association Conference in Madison, Wisconsin. What is even more intriguing to myself and important for all of you is that Peter's music is not only beautiful, it is psycho-reactive, ushering your consciousness into states of awareness that usually are attainable only after months of practice and meditation. His music truly comes from spirit as well as the heart. I have conducted experiments in the lab using various selections of his music to monitor the frequency following response created within brain activity, and the results are quite amazing, showing deep states of awareness after only a few minutes of listening. Awareness that will take you to the very doorstep of who and what you are. I am strongly recommending to all my students that they order Peter Fippen's CDs and use them daily in both their meditations and their household environment. I will say, too, that there are no better CDs out there to help you drift to sleep and into your world of dreams. You can order Peter's CDs from his website, www.peterfippen.com. That's Peter, P-E-T-E-R, Fippen, P-H-I-P-P-E-N.com. You can also find his link on my web on my, my website, uh, theshamansbrew.com. I am now going to play the first of many enchanting compositions performed by Peter called A Silent Place from his album Shadows of the Dawn.
I'm Mark Leader, your host and guide on this journey of discovery into the world beyond the veil of our reality. A world pulsating with magical forces and humming with energies yet to be discovered by modern science. This is the realm of the mystic, the magician, the witch, the shaman, or anyone who finds a thirst for knowledge and truth unquenchable. Step with me now as I part the veil once again and reveal some of the nature's most magical secrets. I will be discussing what I believe to be the most important ability that anyone could cultivate in the pursuit of a magical or spiritual path, the art and science of astral projection. The reason that I believe it carries such significant potential for spiritual development and magical practice is because the very practice of the techniques involved to induce an out-of-body state trains your mind to perceive the world differently, which helps you to enter into more profound states of altered consciousness. It also opens up new territories or classrooms for learning and introduces us to possibilities of contact with other entities or teachers. In addition to the enrichment of knowledge and awareness, it is a popular theory that all magical forces of change first manifest on the astral plane before materializing into our own physical reality. Imagine the power of the jump start you would have if you originated your magical endeavors directly from the astral plane. It is my intention to present you with a brief history of astral projection, its basic concepts, new information, and the research being conducted in this field along with the proper techniques to launch both the seasoned and the armchair students into the heavens and beyond. As far back as our minds can reach, we find the beliefs and the ability of the soul or seat of consciousness to travel beyond the confines of the physical body. The Aborigines of Australia call it dream time. To the Native American shaman it's known as journeys to the underworld and the Toltec shamans refer to it as dreaming or the dreaming devil. The shamans of Asia, Europe and Africa all had their own names and belief systems for this practice. It seems that throughout all of history, humans shared this spiritual commonality regardless of what continent they called home. The reason for this widespread belief and practice of astral projection is due in part because this phenomenon is a very natural process and condition found in all humans and most animals. It occurs while we sleep on a regular basis even if most of us do not remember the experience or when we do retain part of the shadow memories, we dismiss them as dreams. My first out-of-body experience happened when I was a wee lad of only six. I remember it today with every single detail still sharp in my mind as though it happened just yesterday. It was a summer's eve in Seal Beach, California, where I lived, and as I changed into my pajamas, getting ready for bed, I had no idea I was about to enter a world that would intrigue me forever with its mystical allure, 
while at the same time filling me with more terror than a lad of six could comprehend. I climbed into bed and pulled up the covers and began drifting into a twilight slumber. Suddenly, I was wide awake and I was floating above my bed. I didn't see my body below me sleeping in bed as I am sure it was probably there because I was moving through the room slowly. I remember rolling over in the air into a position similar to body surfing in the ocean, which was one of my favorite pastimes. I was floating toward a large glass window in my room that led toward the backyard and garage, and I began to panic as I approached the window because you have to remember, I had absolutely no preconceived ideas about what was happening to me, and as far as I knew, I was about to crash through the glass and get all cut up. However, when I reached the glass, I passed right through it, just as a ghost would. Suddenly fear hit me. Was I dead? I had never thought about death before that moment. Then, before fear overtook me, I suddenly realized I was flying, just like Superman. Wherever I wanted to go, I just willed it so, and off I went. At a slower pace than I thought I should be, but nevertheless, I was flying. All my fears left me as I played with this totally awesome new ability until they appeared. I heard them first, like a guttural growling in the distance that grew louder by the second. It was a ferocious kind of chomping, and the sight of these wolfman-type beasts with red eyes coming at me faster than I seemed to be able to get away that really pushed me over the edge in panic. It was then that I discovered one of the most curious things about out-of-body experiences, although I would not realize it for many years to come. I found that fear is what seemed to feed these horrible creatures, and this fear seemed to drain the life force right out of me to the point where I began to lose my ability to fly, and I landed softly on the ground as these creatures closed in on me. I would try to run and take off in the air again, but it seemed as though I were running through water. Just about the time that I thought all was lost, I seemed to give in to my fate, and suddenly all my fear vanished. And at the same time, all my power and energy came back to me, and I took off running as fast as I could for the back door of my house. I guess I figured that I was much better at running than this new flying stuff. The last thing I remembered is stepping barefoot on a sharp rock just before I reached the door, and the next thing I knew I was, in, I was awake in my bed. I threw the covers over my head and I didn't uh, come back out until daylight filled my room. Funny thing is that my foot was sore like from a bruise for days afterwards, and when I looked outside the next day I found the same sharp rock in the same place I'd stepped on it the night before, in what I thought at the time was a dream. It would be years before I consciously repeated that type of out-of-body excursion again. In the years that followed, I have had many such excursions, some more vivid and successful than others. I was an apprentice to a Toltec shaman for eight years, 
who taught me the unique and often frightening methods of the Toltec shamanic journeys of power. But even with such power techniques, I lacked one thing, complete control and consistency. Actually, that's two things. In the past couple of years, I have resolved these problems in my laboratory by using a series of complex, low-frequency harmonic vibrations that resonate with the Earth's own vibrations. I find that by playing these sounds as I attempt various methods of projection, it helps me to remember my experiences and makes them last longer with each excursion. But still, I had not found an adequate scientific theory that would explain why these low harmonics and beat frequencies made it easier to project and remember. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. So let's first take a look at what exactly is the astral body and how is it projected away from the physical without causing death. Many believe that the astral body is the soul. Others believe that it is a subtle body made of material vibrating much faster than the physical and contains the seat of our consciousness. Skeptics say that it is imagined and part of an illusion created by clairvoyant or telepathic psychic abilities and nothing leaves the confines of the physical body at all. The truth is that none of these explanations represent the true nature of the astral body and its projection in space and time. Many great researchers and pioneers have contributed much to the understanding of the subject, but no one had really hit the nail on the head, so to speak, proposing a theory that could be backed up and tested, and most importantly repeated with consistency. Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute is well known for pioneering an audio technology called Hemisync that is used to induce altered states of awareness in subjects for various purposes. And although these sounds sometimes have induced out-of-body states, that's not what the Monroe Institute intended for them to do, uh, as they will state in their literature. While their research and products are a tremendous contribution to the understanding and development of the human energy system, they still leave us lacking a complete and sound explanation of the mechanics of an out-of-body experience. Just when it seems as though we would forever be stuck dancing around the definitive answer pertaining to the nature of astral projection, the winds of enlightenment begin to blow from the south. From the land down under, a light began to shine upon this ancient phenomenon as the dust of obscurity begins to scatter in the brilliance of one man, Robert Bruce. Robert Bruce is an internationally respected mystic, a hands-on metaphysical researcher, an author, a healer, a teacher, and he is the world's foremost authority on astral projection. Since 1992, Robert Bruce has offered a free consulting service to the global community through his website. 
In addition to this, he has written several books and articles on various metaphysical subjects. It is one of these books that has opened up an entirely new frontier in out-of-body research. The book is called Astral Dynamics, and it is the closest thing to the holy grail of astral projection that has ever been written. Through brilliant insights and years of hands-on research, Robert has unlocked the mysteries of this perplexing subject once and for all. His theories of mind split and memory transference with subsequent downloading are truly groundbreaking and refreshingly unique. His descriptions of the Akashic Pulse and the multi-dimensional universe around us is both enlightening and captivating. Robert Bruce's work will lead you step by step into and through the complex maze of the astral world, leaving no stone unturned, and give you practical, hands-on procedures to help you stop reading about astral projection and start doing it. If you're an armchair researcher or a seasoned astral projector, you will find his works illuminating. If it seems I'm a bit biased toward his research, it is because I have spent the better part of 30 years studying, researching, and experimenting in this field, reading everything I could find by every researcher and author, and I have found no one that has even equaled the research that Robert Bruce has given us. Many of his articles can be found on his website and his books are available in most bookstores, including Amazon.com. I might mention, too, that autographed copies of his books are available on his website. Robert also conducts a workshop covering the subject and one of the most advanced human energy manipulation techniques in the world, called New Energy Ways, new for short, which enables you and teaches you how to manipulate your own personal power. Although I have never had the opportunity to attend one of these workshops, I understand they can be literally life-changing. When we speak of the astral plane, it is best to envision it as a field of vibrating energy invisible to our physical world, and yet coexisting in the same physical space while interacting with our world in a very subtle energetic level. All too often I hear descriptions of the astral plane with reference to a layering structure of finer materials on top and denser below. This is linear thinking and will obscure your vision of this fascinating dimension. It is far more comprehensible to think of the astral and other dimensional realms and energies as being around you as well as within you. This type of holographic thinking also helps us to understand the power concept of the Creator being within you as well as outside you. As above, so below, don't you know? The astral plane is enormous in size and has a very real order and structure with an amazing topography. Perception can be a little tricky because of the nature and amount of sensory input. There are conditions where you perceive more than the three dimensions that you're familiar with in the physical. You may at times see the back of an object at the same time as seeing the front. 
The astral plane is naturally segregated into seven vibrational planes, and each one of those has subplanes. So you see it is a very complex and very intriguing world. Here you will also find the fabled Akashic Hall of Records, a place where every thought, event, and emotion that has ever occurred is permanently stored and is accessible to the experience projector if you learn how. It also contains the energetic probabilities of all future events. The astral plane also has its own indigenous wildlife. You will encounter many types of entities in the astral, some helpful, some playful, and some very nasty creatures. There is not nearly enough time in this show for me to elaborate on the diversity of astral life forms, but if you wish to learn more, you can go to my website, www.sacredsoils.com, and you will find more information and a list of resources for going further. Now I would like to talk a little bit about astral projection techniques. There have been many methods devised over the centuries to willfully project your astral body. These include meditation, sensory deprivation, sensory stimulation, and energetic, which is the one I recommend, and yes, even psychotropic drug induction. Because we have such a diversification of people in the world, you will find that some methods work better than others. What works for one person may work poorly for you. Before I go any further, I'd like to share a story with you about a drug-induced astral projection. I'm going to share with you a story about something that happened to me a few years ago that I've not told anyone, even family members. As some of you know, I spent eight years in apprenticeship with a Toltec shaman and one of his many lessons regarded the projection of what he referred to as the devil. Now this devil is a little different than the astral body, but its projection techniques are very similar. The devil is a more energetic body and closer in vibrational frequency to the physical. Anyway, when we would meet for my training, he would on occasion take me to a cabin that I presumed he owned near the base of Mount Rainier in Washington. This volcano is a power spot and perfect for this type of training. During one such trip, I was curious about drug-induced projection techniques, and I'd been reading many articles about the various psychotropic herbs used by shaman around the world. So after I bombarded my teacher with an obscene amount of questions, he stood up and beckoned me to follow him outdoors. I thought to myself, cool, he's going to teach me these closely guarded secrets, which at the time I thought were very valuable to my spiritual development. So out into the woods we went. He built a fire, and I sat opposite him, as he began to tell me about a psychotropic mixture that his teacher had once given him. He called it Little Smoke. And I asked him why it was called that. He laughed and replied, it's only because 
you only have to smoke a little to meet the ally. That statement launched me into an uneasy state, and when he pulled out the pipe from inside his jacket, I was suddenly panic-stricken. He was going to actually make me use it. I was curious, and yet very nervous at what was about to happen. I trusted him with my life, but I also knew that he walked in a world of power, and therefore danger, and suddenly I was wishing I'd never ask him about the subject. He said, this is a lesson to teach you the differences in perception, and proceeded to take out a small ember of glowing wood and place it inside the pipe. After puffing it a couple times to stoke it up, he handed it to me and told me to take in only one lungful and no more. I held the pipe near my lips and suddenly noticed how dry my mouth was and how my teeth were beginning a nervous chatter. I hesitated until he commented about the ember burning out, and I took a deep puff and slowly let it out. He took the pipe from me, and I looked around waiting to see uh, if anything was going to happen, but nothing did. I was beginning to think that he was playing a practical joke on me, when suddenly I started sinking into the ground. It was as if the earth had turned into quicksand and was slowly consuming me. I looked at my teacher across the fire and became irritated with him because he had fallen off the log he was sitting on laughing hysterically and pointing at me. I was now up to my chest in soil and I was sinking when I started yelling profanities at him and telling him I didn't want to be eaten by the ground which made him laugh even harder. When he finally managed to compose himself I was totally freaking in fear, and he tried his best to instruct me, without laughing, to stand up by using my intent. Well, my intent must have been broken because it was not working, and by now it was up to my neck. It was then that he reached over and slapped me in the back of the head, and suddenly I was sitting on the ground again, and everything was normal, except my heart was beating out of my chest. He looked at me with a very serious expression and then busted out laughing again and said, you should have seen how big your eyes got when the earth was eating you. Yeah, 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 real funny. But enough of this story. His point was well made and was a lesson I will never forget. Although the little smoke had catapulted me out of my body, it left me with little or no personal power so I could only observe what was happening and I could not take any action to speak up other than to relieve my bladder. He said that a warrior, which was his term for a shaman, never travels without power and although the psychotropic plants had the ability to take me out of my body, it was a useless action and therefore a waste of time brings me to my favorite method of out-of-body projection in which you have complete control and more importantly the personal power needed to remember your shadow memories and act in that state. The energetic projection is a method using several techniques to raise your own personal power and loosen your energy body through meditation and stimulation. Once again 
we find that the leading authority in this method of projection is Robert Bruce from the land down under. From his research facility in Australia and through his website, The Astral Pulse, he has refined and mastered this technique, helping thousands of people worldwide attain repeatable out-of-body projections. His book, Astral Dynamics, from Hampton Roads Publishing, stands as a definitive work on the subject. And what's even more exciting is that I have recently learned that Robert has co-authored a new book, a new book with Brian Mercer called Mastering Astral Projection and is a step-by-step 90-day course designed to teach virtually anyone how to successfully astral project with personal power. The book will be out later this year and comes with a CD containing a brainwave program that helps to enhance the experience by altering brainwave patterns and attaining deep meditative states. You don't need the program to attain an astral projection, but it will help you to reach deep states fast and is an excellent experimental tool. Now I want everyone to understand something. I am not mentioning Robert and Brian's work from the perspective of promotional purposes. My opinions are based on 30 years of research and are totally unsolicited. I am offering this to my listeners more as a public service. If you're interested in astral projection, you all need to get out there and buy this man's books. You can also read the free information on his website and even join the mailing list so you will be notified when the new book comes out. You can find information on Robert Bruce's work and links to his site by going to my own website sacredsoils.com and clicking on the Shaman's Brew. This is Marcus Leader, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope 105 FM on the Jackalope Media Network.